Amen. Thank you, Justin Ellie. Appreciate that so very much. Nice uh, offertory, Amanda. Appreciate that. Please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's all stand. I'm just going to read a few verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, Apostle Paul is speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He gives us some truth here. Uh, not only for 2021, but for our entire lives. As he gives us this metaphor about running a race. And Paul was either a fan uh, of the athletic events in his day. Or he himself was an old athlete who now gives us some truth that he learned uh, pertaining to uh, running a race. But notice, if you would please, verse number 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so find I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it in subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Verse 25 again. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd use your word today to challenge our hearts. Father, we love your word. We know this is your word. And Father, it just thrills our heart to be able to open your word today. We know there are Christians around the world that don't have your word. And Father, they've, uh, they, 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 they long to have your word. Father, we not only have your word, but Father, we have the opportunity to learn your word, to memorize your word, to hide it in our hearts. And Father, today I pray we'd listen attentively, recognizing that we have the Holy Spirit that can help us listen even better. And Father, help us to apply the truth that we hear today to our hearts, that we might be running that race for the incorruptible crown. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Paul uses many more metaphors in, um, in his writings, in the Pauline epistles, like uh, boxing and running and wrestling. Each of those sports uh, would have been very familiar to those he was speaking to, uh, either in the Ishminian Games or in the Olympics. And he wanted to make sure that, uh, uh, that he could relate to those he was speaking to by giving them illustration uh, that they would understand. To be good, uh, a good runner, you have to put time and effort into the training process. To be a good um, a wrestler or a good boxer or whatever sport that you choose, uh, you have to put effort into that sport, time and effort, uh, and you have to restrict yourself from some things so you become better in those things. Uh, in order to be successful in competition in any event, or race, you'd have to be disciplined. And he talks about that in verse 25. Notice again, he says, and every man that striveth for mastery is temperate. He uses the word temperate. That's going to be one of my points today. In all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Here, the runner had to put aside those things which would hinder him from running the race, from obtaining the trophy that he was looking to obtain. 
But in that time, in that day, he was just looking to obtain a corruptible trophy. And Paul says, we've got something better than a corruptible trophy. We have an incorruptible trophy. If I was running a race today, let me see. Uh, as I look around uh, this crowd here, uh, uh, Joe Petrosky, would you come up here for just a minute? Joe Petrosky, he's one of our former athletes. He's still in pretty good shape, you can tell. He hasn't put on the uh, pounds Look at how straight and flat his coat is. How do you do that? How do you do that? Now, come on up here for a minute. Okay, so we're going to uh, we're going to have a race. How many, if we had a race today, how many think Joe could beat me in a race? Right Let me see your hands one more time. Anna, thank you for not, oh, you did vote for him, huh? I would also say that he could he would beat me in a running race. He could beat me in a running race frontwards, backwards, sideways, uh, the uh, crawl, the frog crawl, or whatever you call that. He could beat me in any race. But this is not what we're talking about. The race I'm talking about is a race that we can both win in. We can both win the incorruptible crown. We can both win. We're not going to be competing against each other. We need to be pleasing our God. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad about that? Amen? I mean, I'm, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, but uh, it's uh, so wonderful to recognize that we have an opportunity to win. And some, how many folks have ever won a trophy? How many have ever won a trophy? Let me see your hands. How many have never won a trophy? Well, you can win this trophy. This would be great when you get, and it'd be for all heaven. I mean, for all eternity, you have this trophy. The trophies down here will melt, I'm sure, uh, when uh, this world burns. But the key to bring our bodies under control so we can win that incorruptible, incorruptible crown is spiritual self-control. To be spiritually controlled by the Holy Spirit. We would fail, as the Apostle Paul said, we will fail if we don't keep under our bodies. The Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, encourages us to run. And the word run there means live our lives uh, running, living to please God. To do that, we need to rely upon God's strength, the Holy Spirit, to help us in this race of life, in the living of our lives. He covered that if you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 6. Turn back there, 1 Corinthians 6. And notice, if you know, uh, please, to uh, verse number 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Specifically looking at fornication here. But then he goes on to a principle that will carry us on through chapter 9 and chapter 10, through the rest of the chapters. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. How do we do that? The Holy Spirit's going to do that through us and in your spirit, which are God's. So let's look at uh, how can we please God? How can we run this race to obtain this incorruptible reward? Well, first of all, let's look at temperate. Let's look at that word temperate or temperance. We look at the word temperance and we think back uh, uh, at a time when uh, that, that meant uh, they had to abstain from liquor uh, back in the early 1900s. 
But we're looking at this word temperance, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Temperate. What does that mean, temperate? It means showing self-restraint, self-control. We need to be showing self-control. What is self-control? Well, self-control is when you don't allow your emotions to control what you say and what you do. Your, your activities and your articulation. Um, it's a, here's a good definition. It is a, a control of behavior, thoughts, or emotion with the aim of attaining long-term over short-term outcomes. Long-term over short-term outcomes. And this passage, it's uh, like Paul is comparing himself to a runner. Without self-control, the runner would not be able to win in the race and to receive the corruptible trophy, the trophy that's going to pass away. Uh, the reason, the reason behind this, well, is because he was not temperate. If he was temperate, if he was disciplined, then he has an opportunity to win in this race. As believers, we are in a race, not for salvation, but we're in a race uh, to please God. The race, again, is our life and our living. We're living this life, and we need to be living this life to the praise of his glory. Paul wasn't in a race to, uh, to receive Christ. He had already received Christ. He had already entered the race because he knew Jesus Christ is his personal Savior. How many here today know Jesus as their personal Savior? Amen? Amen and amen and amen. So entry into this spiritual race started after he put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Damascus Highway uh, a conversion. And as believers, we're not racing against each other, as I illustrated with Joe here, but we are running to please God because we do not want to be a castaway. We do not want to be disqualified or we do not want to disappoint our Heavenly Father with the lives that we're living because we want to reach, to press towards the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 14, I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So I live my Christian life like I'm in a race in order for me to uh, win that incorruptible crown. That incorruptible reward. Well, there's not a reason, but there's the regiment. And the regiment starts with uh, making sure that I am not allowing the flesh to, to operate in my life. But I'm suppressing the flesh because the Spirit of God is now controlling my life. Let, let me explain that. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 7. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing again by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All right, got it? He's writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. As we look at this, we recognize uh, in verse number 21, let's look back at verse number 19. Uh, let's look at the perplexing problem that the Apostle Paul had. The Apostle Paul had. Not, J not, not Jeff Hagenauer, but the Apostle, Apostle Paul. Jeff may have the same problem as Pastor Jackson has the same problem. The Bible says, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. 
Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and hanging and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death, that old flesh? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. As we look at that portion of scripture, we recognize just like a runner who has to be disciplined, the flesh cries out, I don't want to give up the fleshly desires. I don't want to do that extra work. I don't want to be in that regimen. I don't want to be disciplined. I don't want to give up the comforts that I find in the world. I don't want to give up those desires. I don't want to give up those certain sins that I'm harboring in my life. He gives up certain foods, the, the runner who wants to win. He, he's in a diet. He gives up those weights and sins which just so easily beset him, which could, which could sideline him. In Hebrews chapter 12, take your Bibles and turn there. Hebrews chapter 12. Follow along with me, will you please? Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. I don't want to, but I need to. I have to in order to please my God. And I want to please my God more than anything else. It's setting the priorities, weighing the value of those things you want to hang on to compared to the value of pleasing God. As our missionary said in Sunday school, to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, I look at that and I'm just praise God for the opportunity that we have to be involved in a regiment to help us. And the spirit of God helps us in this whole regiment and this whole discipline, uh, this whole um, uh, temperate uh, program. Uh, he's able to help us. We can be spirit led because when we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit indwell us. And because he indwells us, if we, if we give ourselves over to him, live a, a life that's a living sacrifice, then he fills us and he's able to help us as we run the race of life. I was reading, I tell my wife, I was reading about uh, uh, the regiment that some of these runners are involved in before they get in a uh, big race. And it had a two-week program before they got in this big race. And uh, the first week on Monday, 
uh, they would run in the morning 12 miles, and they'd do it less than an hour and 18 minutes. And then in the evening of that same day, six-mile run, and it would be 41 minutes. They tried to stand there 41 minutes. And then Tuesday, they'd run 15 miles in the morning, and in the evening, five miles. And by the end of the week, they would run 141 miles. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. Not even if my car wasn't running would I do that. The second week, they would run 143 miles. There were all kinds of restrictions and all kinds of, of exercises and all kinds of stretches they'd also have to be involved in and all kinds of diets, uh, special diets. Um, it doesn't sound like much fun to me to win some little trophy that you can put on the shelf. And when people come over, they look at you and go, what? What? You ran 26.2 miles to, to win that? Yeah. Yeah. But to do a, or to win a corruptible crown. So if he or she didn't give up and uh, restrict themselves and restrain themselves, um, let's say they said, well, if that's fine, I'll do the running, but I'm having fried chicken and mashed potatoes every day. I'm having biscuits and gravy every other day. Uh, I, I'm, I am going, yeah, you're not going to win. You're not going to be in the right training mode. Uh, and, well, I, I'm sorry, but if somebody puts blueberry pie in front of me, I'm eating it. It's all about priorities. Now, you set that aside. Boy, do I know that. I've been trying to drop a little weight, and I know that. I know Clint eats pie and ice cream in front of me at night. And he smiles. And then every once in a while he says, want some? Want some? What do you think, son? Of course I want some. And he'll get up. I'm not looking. He'll get up and bring the bowl right over in front of my face. Clint, take it back over there. Clint, get it back over there now. Somebody gave us a caramel apple the other day. My brother, Tim, gave us a caramel apple. And my wife says, well, we'll just give that to the grandgirls, the grandkids, the grandkids will get that. Next morning, I looked, and I was gone. It was Tuesday night, and I was gone. I came back, and the caramel apple's got one little slice left. I said, What's that? It was sitting over there where I normally put my keys and my wallet at night. And she said, I want you to get that out of the house. <laughs> you mean you want me to get this little slice back out of the house? What happened to the rest of it? Well, I don't know. I was just terrible tonight. <laughs> I was just terrible. And uh, how about the Red Hots? Did you have those two? Yeah, I had those two. Your brother, I don't know why he does that to me. Yeah. No, you, you have to restrict yourself and recognize that uh, to win this race, this incorruptible crown, we've got to please God. What is more important? The regiments and restrictions aren't followed. It will hinder the runner from running the race that he could run. Like um, some runners have coaches and trainers, huh? We've seen that. And uh, they stay 
that help them stay conditioned and fit for the races and help them with their dietary programs. Well, the Lord has given us the Holy Spirit. We saw that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Again, in Ephesians, take your Bibles and turn there. Ephesians, I think we're not relying on the Spirit of God like we need to rely upon the Spirit of God. How about it? The Bible says in verse number 15, Ephesians 5, 15, we can go to Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He talks about all those things we ought not have in our lives. But we need to have that testimony. But then verse number 15, he said, See then that ye walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I don't know what day you're on, 2,500, or 2,504 uh, day. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where is the excess, but be everyone... Let's try that again. Everyone. One more time. What? Filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As believers, we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. He would abide with us. He would indwell us to help us, to keep uh, us uh, uh, to help keep our bodies under subjection to a greater cause, to a greater priority than corruptible crowns and earthly treasures or earthly stuff. So I have the ability, because of the Holy Spirit, to have a spirit-controlled life, to not have to give in to the flesh, to not have to give in to sin, those things that would hinder me from running the race or living my life to the praise of his glory. See, the spirit-controlled life helps me keep my priorities right. So instead of losing control of my emotions, I have the Holy Spirit that can help me keep them in check. Did you know that? Do you know you have that power? You have the power of God. You have the power of the Holy Spirit, triune God, to help you. So instead of losing control of my emotions, the Holy Spirit brings me in control because my emotions shouldn't be leading me, but the Holy Spirit should be training me, helping me control my spirit, control my actions and my reactions and my behavior and my character. So when someone irritates me, I don't have to respond with anger or verbal, ready? Clint, this is not the exact word, so you cannot find me one dollar, or stupidity. I don't have to. I don't have to open my mouth and look dumb or unwise. I can recognize there's a higher priority, and the highest priority is to be Christ-like, and all God's people said... Amen. Christ-like. Aren't we Christians? And let's be Christ-like. We're little followers of Christ. Like at ball games. 
So many Christians would never, ever dream of drinking Jack Daniels on the bleachers at a ball game. Huh? Do you see those people from community? They're all drinking Jack Daniels. I think that would be better than opening your mouth and showing your unwise words by yelling at the refs who really don't need any help. Isn't that right, guy? Isn't that right, Dan? Do you need any help from the crowd? Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, they don't see everything. I've been to some games where they haven't seen anything, but <laughs> it's like the one football player, this is years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it was Kansas City Chiefs, they were playing in Denver, and uh, it was um, a lineman, and they stopped the game, it was freezing cold, they stopped the game because his glass eye fell out. And so this is a true story, his glass eye fell out, and so they're looking for the glass eye all over the field. And the one ref said, what would happen if you got, you know, poked in the other eye? What would happen? He said, I'd have to quit football and become a ref. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't go Jack Daniels in the bleachers. What, what, think, what, what makes you think that we have the op opportunity to show our flesh in the stands? It's because our emotions are taking control. Let me know, Pastor Todd, has it ever helped you in a game to have the fans get on the refs? Has that ever helped you? No. No. So when you are tempted to talk about someone, let the Holy Spirit guide your words. Calm your heart and become melatonin for your brain. Be kind, show love, help others, so that others see Christ in you. So let the higher priority take control. Be Holy Spirit-led, not emotionally driven. Now, think about that for a second. And not only think about it, but apply it. Apply it, people. Take it. Take it in because we want to be Christ-like. We want to please our God. We want God to be pleased in our lives as we run the race, as we live our lives, as we're living our lives. So you can and I can be temperate in Christ's power. Keep under the body so we can run unencumbered, be used of God, and receive an incorruptible reward. That's temperate, and I was going to spend a long time on that, and I did. But let's notice next, temptation. Notice temptation. As we go from chapter 9, let's go to chapter 10 and verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Of course, we're talking about not giving ourselves over to the flesh so that we have or we become a disappointment to God or a castaway or disqualify ourselves as we live our lives. First, the verse reveals that not one of us is unique in our temptations that we face. Not one of us. God states here that temptations that come are common 
common to all men. I've counseled teenagers, I've counseled adults who have said to me, nobody has had the temptations that I've had. No one has faced the temptations that I face. That's not true. The word of God tells us that's not true. Amen? That's not true. It's common to all men. That's not true. Common to all men. It's uh, prevalent to all. Common. There's no unique temptations that the devil can spring upon you or that the world can spring upon you or that your flesh can spring upon you. Besides, if you think about it and you say, no person? No, 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 there is. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15, 415. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are without sin. Hebrews 4, 15. Write it down. Hebrews 4, 15. But not only that, we, we look at the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. Is God faithful? God is faithful. Is God faithful, Anna? Is God faithful? God is faithful. God is faithful. And God is there for you. Even as we heard this morning, casting our cares upon him, for he careth for us. He careth for me. The very one who suffered temptation will be faithful to help us to make a way to escape the temptation. That we may be able to bear the temptation. Uh, so when the temptation comes, go to the Lord. What does that mean? That means prayer. I need to go to the Lord in prayer. I mean, right away, hit, your, hit, hit the ground, hit your knees. You, you, you know, uh, if, if we'd be more uh, aggressive in that area to pray right away, we'd find ourselves in better stead with our Savior. But not only to pray, but to go to his word, to recall his word, to memorize verses that can help us in the problems that we know we're going to face because of past temptation. And uh, we need to recognize that we have a God in heaven who can give us those verses that we need. Uh, the word of God is so powerful. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 119. There's verse after verse we could share with you this morning. But in Psalm 119, if you have your verse there, Psalm 119, your Bible's there, Psalm 119, verses 9, 10, and 11. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Yeah, prayer and the word of God. But there's tragedy. Yeah, we know the tragedy, don't we? Cast away. He says and uses the word cast away. Hmm. Well, what are you talking about? Notice verse 27 again. But I keep under my body, I'm temperate, Holy Spirit, control, and bring this subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others as a preacher, as an apostle, and he gives the first portion of chapter 9, talks all about his apostleship. I 
myself should be a castaway. The word castaway is a word that was used to identify someone that was disapproved or disqualified. Yeah, a castaway. Jeremy, this is a sad deal, but you know, in that day, Butch, in that day, before the race, or even during the race, there were, was a, a heroer, someone who would um, be like a referee, and he would herald out if you were not uh, doing what you should be doing in the race, or if you were trying to cheat, or if you were trying to uh, do something that uh, wasn't right according to the Olympic uh, uh, rules. They would call your name out. Think about that for a second. How that would so embarrass your family, disqualify you, disappoint those who were pulling for you. And the judges would, of course, watch during the time. But there was this one man who would call out those who were a disappointment in the race. The tragedy. Hmm. Cast away. Paul didn't want to disappoint God. Paul dreaded the idea that he could be a castaway. He did not want to disappoint, so he disciplined himself and said, I, I need to be temperate so that I can be approved as I'm doing the work of God. I want to do it in the right way so that God would know that I deserve that incorruptible crown. Temperance, temptation, tragedy, yeah, the last point, the trophy. Verse 25, every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Remember temperance? Let's go back to it. Showing self-restraint, spirit-controlled life that controls our behavior, our thoughts, and our emotions. With the aim of obtaining long-term over short-term outcomes. Long-term eternity over short-term earthly outcomes. Not, not sacrificing the eternal on the altar of temporary. Not sacrificing the gold of heaven for the trinkets of earth. Running the race for eternal reward, resisting the temptation to be distracted by the earthly desires or by immediate satisfaction or by stuff that could sideline me. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's my goal. I agree with you, Paul. That's what I'm pushing for. And often we can be distracted from living, from running the race, from the eternal prize by striving to obtain earthly, temporal trophies. Good news. We don't have to be sidelined. Good news. We've got the Holy Spirit to help us. Good news. We've got the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to show us what's really valuable and what's really important and what we should prioritize in our lives. 
so that we can all receive an incorruptible crown. Incorruptible. Not corruptible. Corruptible crowns will not last. Years ago, while I was in college, I played on Maranatha's basketball team. We won our first trophy. It was a big deal. It was really the first trophy the basketball team had ever won. It was a new college, and, and it was a really big deal. The president of the college was going to award us or recognize us and the trophy in chapel. So before the chapel speaker came, we all went up to the platform and we all stood there kind of like, but inside we're going, yeah, we won a trophy. This is great. Back in those days, a trophy must have been about this big and it was made out of plastic and, you know, wood. A lot like 1 Corinthians 3, those things that are going to burn. But we got some accolades from the president. The coach said a few words. and Sorry to say he didn't single me out, but anyway. Then it was time for a special. We always had specials before we had chapel. Like, you know, ambassador, the same thing. There was this young man who came up to the platform. He was sitting with an older gentleman there who I found out later was uh, the founder of this school that he went to for disabled, handicapped young people. Many of them adults. They started out with kids and adults. Started in 1964, and this was like 68, 69. Must have been 69. And uh, this young man got up, walked behind the platform, and he gave a testimony. It's the first time I really ever, I, I hate using the word noticed. First time I really ever paid attention to someone who was born with Down syndrome. But he, he grabbed my attention. I mean, I was still, I was still, you know, hyped up from getting the trophy that was right in front of me, on the floor in front of us. And um, he gave a testimony, and his features were pronounced. His speech was a little garbled, but I listened. And he told us how. He was just so pleased that God gave him strength every day to live his life. It was, it was wonderful. And then, I, I couldn't believe it, but they said he was going to sing ever since. And he got up and he sang a special and it sounded like an angel from heaven. It was just great. And he's saying, it will be worth it all. When we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small. How could he sing that? 
when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Wow. Kind of pulled that trophy back, pushed it underneath the chair. It looked so insignificant after hearing him. The accomplishments on the basketball court were so minimal to what he did that day in chapel. He was rich. Though his speech was little garbled, his message was crystal clear. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Can you sing that today? It should be on the lips of every Christian in this auditorium. All those that are watching online, it will be worth it all. Or there are some things in your life you need to clean up. There are some things in your life you need to be more temperate about. Because you know you're not running the way God intends you to run. So run the race till we see his dear face. Father, we thank you for this time you've given us this morning, this time at Community Baptist Church where we could open your word. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us weigh our priorities today, see the value of serving you, the value of running the race, of pleasing you. Help us, dear God. Help us. Help us. We're a needy people. Help us, dear God, to start living the way we ought to live. And may we look forward to this 2021 as a year that we live temperate, relying upon the Spirit to control us in our activities and our actions recognizing we have a faithful God who will help us in the temptations that we face keep before us not the trophies of life but the trophies of eternal life my heads are bowed and eyes are closed in the quietness of the moment how many consider the uplifted hand pastor Jackson I know if I were to die today that I'd be on my way to heaven because I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. I've trusted him. I know because I've called upon Jesus to be my savior. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm in the race. If you could say that, would you slip your hands up today, to this morning and say, you know, Pastor, I know I'm saved. God bless you. you may put your hands down. Say, Pastor, I'm just not sure. Would you remember me in prayer? I need Christ. Anyone like that here today? Pray for me. I, I need Christ. Remember me in prayer. Just slip your hand up. Could I see your hand? Could I pray for you? As a Christian today, you'd say, Pastor, the word of God spoke to my heart today. And I know I need to be more temperate in my Christian life. Pastor, I know today that I need the Holy Spirit power resting on my life so that I'm able to withstand, able to bear the temptations 
I know today, Pastor, if I were to be rewarded, would not be rewarded with the incorruptible crown, but would be a castaway. I've become a castaway. By the grace of God, I want that eternal trophy. By God's grace, I'm going to ask my God to forgive me of my sin. I want to start living for him. And I want 2021 to be different than any year I've ever lived. I want to be to the praise of his glory as I run the race of life. Pastor, pray for me as God's word has spoke to my heart today about a need in my life. Remember me in prayer. Pray for me. Would you slip your hands up in the quietest of the moment? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen and amen. Still others, pray for me. Pray for me. Right there in your seat. Right now, seal that decision. Ask God to help you. Christian friend, if there's some sin you need to confess, the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need Christians that are living Christ-like more than ever today. Pray for me. Others, pray for me, Pastor. The Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. Pray for me. God bless you. Pray for me, Pastor. Remember me in prayer. Seal that decision right now. Dear God in heaven, You've seen the hands, you know the hearts. Heavenly Father, I pray that you continue to use your word to speak to our hearts today. Again, I thank you for the decisions that are being made. And Father, I pray that if there be someone that does not know Christ as their Savior, today would be their day of salvation. Let's quietly stand to our feet while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, we invite you to come. We'll have a personal worker. Oh, we'll social distance. We'll have a personal worker show you out of the word of God how you can know Christ as your Savior. Christian friend, you made that decision. You've sealed it there in your pew. Now, ask God to help you continue to go forward for him. If you'd like to come and pray here at the altar, feel free to do that. Now, Father, bless in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one verse. We'd invite you to come. If you need Christ, you come. Jesus tenderly calling you, you come.